welcome to Inbox, your bite-sized version of swapping joysticks, where we just go and answer a few questions. That's all. I'm Ben Ostwick, otherwise known as Biggest Bennis, and I'm joined as always by Ed Nightingale. Hi, Ben. How Hello, are you? everyone. How are you doing? I am doing well. I'm doing well. Excellent. It's um, it's a Monday evening, mm. and uh, and we're chilling, which is nice. We are. That is what you should do on a Monday evening. In fact, no, on Monday evening you should be asleep at this time. But we're recording a podcast because it's what we do. And we're I, cool. I enjoy it. Yeah, we are real cool people. All right. Well, let's go get straight into the questions. Okay. So I don't know what the questions are because the don't. last the last couple we've done, yeah. we sort of decided on the questions together. Whereas now you're throwing them at me. Yeah. So I'm gonna have to think of my feet. The first question is from Anonymous. Oh. And they say Thank you, Anonymous. And they say, do you like your Zelda Switch? That's not anonymous, is it? <laughs> is that from Moni or is that you That's taking the piss? I didn't even know. It's just me asking you now. Oh, <laughs> wow. I'm joking. Ed, Ed has a new Zelda Switch, but he's fine. You're finding it quite hard to uh, distance yourself from your old one, aren't you? I am. I am very possessive when it comes to technology, when it's something that I have saved up and bought for myself and and spent a lot of time with. And then when someone buys me a different version of it, I'm I'm very attached to the old one. It's like when a, it's like a dog. It's like if you have a dog and it dies and then you get a new one that's younger and healthier and more fun, you still takes a while to get that connection. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Anyway, exactly. let's go to the serious questions. Uh, this is from Rubix, who says, I wonder if YouGov had conducted has conducted if reviews for games actually matter. Do they help, dissuade, or accelerate the success of a game? Or is it purely the source of the review and not a collective? I feel like nowadays people pay a lot of attention to the Metacritic and the Open Critic, and they get really angry at review, at review sites if they dare to you know, score a game really badly because it might affect their Metacritic score or their Open Critic score. Even though I'm pretty sure I read that, I don't know if it's Open Critic, Metacritic, or both, but they, like, they don't include the two highest and the two lowest um scores oh okay I'm, i might be completely making that up but um i believe yeah they they take away just because yeah there might be this random outlier that scored it a one out of ten and they want to make it a bit more kind of respect respect not respectful re reflective of the overall consensus what do you think um i have a mixed response to this question i think there is a small contingent of for want of a better word hardcore gamers who really want to know what that score is and when a game like zelda comes out they want to know is this the best game ever made i mean that's me you're talking so, about my hardcore gamer maybe you are so they they really want to look at the numbers um but i also think so I think those people are going to be interested in the reviews, in the score, and also what people think. Um, if people don't like a game, then those people will probably go and troll them because they're horrible. Um, and that is completely unnecessary because the review is just one person's opinion. And you need to chill out about that, people. Um, will that affect the sales or success of a game? No. I think, especially with something like Zelda, it's already so popular. People have made up their minds if they're going to buy it or not. And you can see by the sales of this, because sales are already in the UK at least, it is the most 
successful boxed game in the UK um, this year mm. above a certain game that shall not be named. Yeah. Um, so it's doing incredibly well because people loved Breath of the Wild and they think, oh, I want more of that. So they're going to buy the new one. Mm. The majority of people won't be looking at reviews. I think reviews are most influential when it comes to a new IP. Elden Ring was a good example, even though it's, yeah, it is a new IP. But I think people were wondering when, when it came out and it had like 97, 98, that, it, that, everyone's jaw was dropped. That is a very interesting example, actually, because I think there are the sort of hardcore gamers who love their Souls games, who think this is from software. I'm going to go and buy that regardless of the review scores. But they're I, also the people who will be interested in review scores. But then I think the review scores led to a lot of hype that then spread into the sort of general consensus of the public who thought, oh, I've heard of this game. Maybe I should go and buy it. And I think that definitely helped um, it's because of the top scores. And I think though, when I think people were a bit skeptical of Elden Ring actually before it came out, like they were even the hardcore Souls fans that were like, oh, it's open world. George R. R. Martin, what the hell has he got to do with anything like that? And I think there I was mean, a bit his of, name helped for sure. Yeah, but I think there was also a bit of skepticism about whether the game would actually be good because it's like, oh, it's open world and it's Souls. That doesn't sound. It doesn't sound like Souls to me, and whatever. And then when it came out and it had near critical, well, it had critical acclaim. People were like, oh wait, no, this is actually really good. And now it's yeah. known as one of the best. I mean, I think what part of what we're talking about here is rev is a review as marketing, in a way. And I think one of the most powerful forms of marketing is word of mouth, mm. and that begins with reviews because journalists are the first people to play games. They get to play them early. They get to form an opinion, and that is the start of word of mouth. And if they don't like a game, then that might halt word of mouth immediately. Mm. Um, have you stopped? Have you been tempted to publish something about a game and then you played it and it was so bad you just decided not to? No, but I have decided whether to buy or not buy a game based on reviews, both before I was a journalist and even now, because I'm even more invested in reviews now because I want to know what, what they're like. I want to know what my colleagues are writing, um, other other people are writing. So for instance, something like Redfall, I was thinking, oh, it's on Game Pass. I'll give it a go at some point. I probably should. You know, it doesn't cost me anything basically because it's part of Game Pass. Um, but seeing how bad the reviews are, I thought I'm not going to waste my time with it yeah. now. So in that sense, the reviews were very influential to me. Mm. And I think that that started word of mouth that then tanked the game. Um, I think a similar thing sort of happened with Forspoken, I think is another interesting example. Mm. Because before the game came out, there was all this stuff about the script and how cheesy it was and people not liking Frey as a character for, let's say, racist reasons. Um, and I think a lot of people were put off Forspoken um, and the reviews of it also weren't very good. So because that was a brand new IP, I think people do then look to reviews yeah. to decide, well, is this worth my time or not? With same Forspoken and Redfall, same kind of idea. When it comes to Zelda or Call of Duty or FIFA or something like that, it's a long running series. Everyone knows that there's going to be at least a certain level of quality with those games, or they assume yeah. there will be. So people are willing to buy it without reading a review first. Part of me is so, thinking as well with Hi-Fi Rush, but I think the fact that it was kind of just instantly dropped on Game Pass, that actually, that that caused the initial hype. The, um, yeah, that wasn't reviews, that was... But then it did get reviewed very well. Yeah, exactly. So I think to answer the question, I think it really depends on what the game is. It depends on, is it a brand new IP? 
Is it an established series? Is there already an audience? Um, I think that's very influential. But then speaking of influential, I also think that the role of reviews and of critics is changing a bit in light of influencers and content Mm. creators because reviewers are there to give a critical point of view about a game before it comes out. But nowadays you tend to get a lot of influencers and content creators who also get early access to games and can play it to, um, to their communities earlier. And I think that is now having a very big influence on, on, on people's purchasing habits because people can now go on Twitch. They can watch someone play a game early and use that to make a decision on whether they want to buy a game um, more than a review. You're looking at me. I am looking at you. Um, but I, there are some influencers, and I don't include myself in this, who will get a free code for a game and just talk about how amazing it is the entire time. And then people will buy it, and then it's it's not. Yeah, I mean, I don't want to sit here and shit on influencers. I think there is a role for influencers. I can see from a business PR point of view, it's like, yes, let's just give away some free copies of a game and they will share it through word of mouth, which, as I said, used to be reviews and now it's it's influencers um, that can share that from a marketing point of view. That's great marketing. Absolutely. Mm. Get the fans to share it with other fans. That makes sense. Um, but those influencers aren't necessarily critical voices all the time. How dare you? And some, I'd say maybe some influencers are more easily bought than others. And I think that is the role of journalists and reviewers is to be impartial and to be critical. Um, You know, I can get invited to a launch party for a game as a journalist. Does that mean I'm going to give it a better score? No, because my role as a journalist is to be critical. Um, Whether that's positive or negative it is to critique the game. Um, and I think that is incredibly important. And I think we need that in media, in the games industry, to hold people to account. Um, but influencers also have their part in sharing positive word of mouth. But that could also be negative if people are more critical. Excellent. That oh, was a really long-winded answer. No, no, that's but... fine. I'm, uh, But uh, apart from Eurogamer, which websites do you... Because they, they did ask about... Uh... Is it purely the source of the review and not a collective? Uh, which ones, apart from Eurogamer, which websites do you trust the most for your reviews? Well, I, them? I couldn't possibly say another website other than Eurogamer. Okay, you yes. must have called Eurogamer.com? Eurogamer.net. Net. Uh, we now have a five star system in place for reviews as well. Oh. So um, you will see Eurogamer hopefully being part of the conversation more now. I because we'll so. be listed in in the in you know the the five stars the ten stars whatever uh, we'll be listed in that. But I guess to answer the question properly, um, read read a variety of reviews, but follow the people and the journalists that you like, whose opinions you trust. Mm. Because sometimes you can go to well, you go to any website, there will be a variety of views. You know, even Eurogamer, there are multiple people that review games for Eurogamer, be they freelancers or in-house, you know, staff. Um, so follow the people that you like, whose writing style you like. Um, don't just, you know, hate on one review of a game for whatever reason. You know, I think there are there are certain reviewers that maybe I've liked in the past and I've thought, you know what, if they like a review, it doesn't matter who they're writing for. If they like a game, sorry, if they like a game, not a review, I will 
I will, I feel like I have similar taste. So I will also probably like it. So I think just be, you know, reviews are there to be critical, but I think readers can be critical about the reviews that they read. Um, but in a positive way, don't troll people. That's no. just mean. Okay, next one. This is from Helios. Uh, with the success of Detective Pikachu, great game, and Sonic, uh, sorry, great film. Great film, yeah, and Sonic, two great films. Uh, but even more recently, Mario Movie, good film, and Dungeons and Dragons, no idea. We need what, to see that. Do we? You say need. Um, should. You say should. <laughs> Could. Could is, yeah, that's, I mean, <laughs> when it's on Netflix. Uh, what game do you think could be successfully made into a mainstream movie. Because we had similar the other way around where it's like, what movies could be made into games? Now, what games could be made into movies that are, you know, that would be successful? I would, I mean, maybe not a movie, but I would be very much, and you would hate this, I'd be very much down for watching a Red Dead Redemption TV series. Like a good Western TV series. And I don't care about, you know, the Wild West thing. What's that thing called? Westworld? Don't give a damn about that. But like, oh, yeah. give me a proper Western, like with a good story that's like modern. I'm sure someone will be like, well, actually it does exist with this, but no, give me a Red Dead Redemption. I, I could see Red Dead, Red Dead Redemption. Um, I could see that maybe more than Grand Theft Auto. I mean, mm. a Grand Theft Auto, I think, could make a nice episodic TV show in the way that it's parodying like contemporary society. Excuse me, that was a burp. Oh. Um, but it would need to have the right writers because the problem with GTA is that it's just incredibly racist and homophobic and not it's not parodying in the right way. So, um, so yeah, I mean... I'm going to look at some of the games that have come out this year and we can see if any of these you think would make a good TV, film, a TV uh, series or movie. Metroid Prime? No, I can't see Metroid being a good film. No. Um, Zelda? No. Well, do you know, I joke, I mean, look, everything's Zelda right now because it's Zelda week. Um, but they have said there was an interview with AGI Numa, who's the producer of the series. Mm. And he did say that after the success of the Mario movie, they would be open to a Zelda movie. So I think it's something that Nintendo is thinking about. But it would really have to be done in the right way because... You wouldn't want the cartoony style of the crappy cartoon that was done in the 80s. I thought you were going to say Wind Waker then. No, no, like the crappy old, um, yeah, was it like late 80s, early 90s? With the excuse me, princess. Um, that would be terrible. I, a Wind Waker style film <laughs> would be cute. Yeah, it would have to be something completely separate, I think, from the main series. Because Zelda, as goofy and as things are, I think it is kind of, it takes itself a little bit more seriously than Mario. Mm. Um, it's, it's, I say you have to see people crucifying Koroks and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah. What um, other games? I think this would make a good TV series in the same vein as um, Game of Thrones. Octopath Traveler. I don't know why I pronounce it like that. Octopath. Octopath <laughs> Traveler. Like having eight different stories going on. Um, Would you have maybe eight, the first eight episodes are all totally different people and then... And then they all come together. It's yeah. like each, each, yeah, it would be like each character's story and then they would have to come together. Mm. Um, that, that would, that would be very interesting to structure as It'd a interesting TV show, to watch. Yeah, because you might have forgotten the first one by the time it comes to the episode seven, so, uh, yeah. episode nine, so... 
It would be interesting. And how, how they do could you do make that. those stories interlink with one another? Or maybe you watch it. Maybe you watch it, and maybe during like the first, like during their origin stories or whatever their their first episodes, in the background, there's like the odd person from the other seven goes past, but you don't realize that they're in that they're one of the other seven hmm. until you see their episode. So you go back and watch and go, oh my god, look, thingy was there. That would be very clever. Mm. Oh, genius. Um, Alan Wake. I mean, that is essentially a TV show as a yeah. game, right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, for Spoken? No. No. Um, I mean, these are just games from this year. Like, Cheer? Could be cute. Nah. <laughs> no. Uh, Theatre Rhythm? No. Um, I'm just... There was one I just saw which I thought was would make, but I think it was very obvious. Yeah, like Starfield, but we don't really know what that's about. What do you think about Diablo? As a TV show? Yeah. Or a film? Yeah. Um, a really grim kind of devil. I, I can just tell it would be terrible. I think it would be terrible. I think there's something about fantasy games being turned into films or TV shows that just seem to come across really badly. Yeah. Um, I'm thinking of like, you know, the War- World of Warcraft film, which is awful. Mm-hmm. And I think there's stuff that maybe in games is more forgivable that in a film it's not. Mm. Um, that sometimes fantasy games just seem to come across as really generic when they're moved to films. Yeah. And I don't know if that's just because they're not done authentically or if it just doesn't translate. Yeah. Um, but saying that, I would love to see a fantasy game that is, you know, done really, really well, you know, mm. to like sort of Lord of the Rings standards. Because everything's always trying to be Lord of the Rings mm. and it never makes it, like, uh, as good as that. Yeah, Diablo-esque Lord of the Rings. Even, like, Elden Ring. Mm. But just done well. Maybe. I don't understand. There's no story. Well, you haven't been reading the lore, have you? I, d- I don't want to re- read the, you know, the item description of a rusty key to, to kind of work out what the story is. Um, Another one, last one. Which apparently there is a movie, Dead Space. You know, there is a direct-to-video uh, 2008 film called Dead Space Downfall. Oh. Uh, I mean, yeah. I could imagine a Dead Space film being good, but also just go and watch Alien. I'll play the new game. It's literally it's pretty much Alien. Film. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, Alien is the best. Like, Alien is an incredible film. Mm. The, well, the series. The first two, especially. I didn't like the second. I know mm. I know. people say Aliens is the best, but I didn't like the, the first one's cheesy 80s action. I want kind of, yeah, Horror. suspense yeah. and good suspense. Not, um, yeah, I'm with you. The first one, I think, is the best as well. Mm. But um, I actually liked, at, at the time, I liked Prometheus. I think I if I loved w- Prometheus when I went to see it. Okay, cool. Well, maybe we do have more than, uh, you know, have some things in common. Like, okay, Prometheus was was story wise was weird and a lot didn't of really make a lot of sense and was just a bit messy, but visually at least I thought it was stunning. Yeah. And I kind of liked that it was a lot of kind of what's going to potentially happen. Yeah, I like a film like that where you're kind of catching your toes mentally. Yeah. Um, okay, final question, which I feel like will be another one where you answer the the majority of it. In fact, all of it from Moni, who submitted this this evening. So I'm guessing you told her to. Um, can Ed give a possible quick run through of Zelda lore for dummies? 
is Demon King Ganon? And what's the difference between Ganon and Ganondorf? And why does the evil always change, but Zelda and Link stay the same? I'd still love to have a long-ass one on this, while, where Ed explains it all, but for now I'd be happy with a Zelda for beginners. So you tell, I'm going to ask you, I'm, because I don't really know much oh about God. Zelda lore, I'm well, going to I mean, ask Where you, do you want me to begin with all that? What's a Korok? Oh God. Um, is it an alien? Or is it part of a tree? Well, it's just like a sort of, it's a child of the forest, I think is what they're called. Okay. So they are kind of, if you think of the Deku tree, wait, do they as grow like into, the, as like the big... So do they grow into actual trees? Because those trees started attacking me in Zelda and it shit me up in the new Zelda. Um, I was walking past one and it moved. Oh, and jumped yeah, out of my skin. Do, yeah, yeah, no, the trees do move in that. <laughs> That's not fun. Um, okay, so I believe... I think they were first called Koroks in Breath of the Wild. But the design of them was taken from the Kokiri in Wind Waker, mm-hmm. which were descendants of the Kokiri in Ocarina of Time, who were the fairy children. Mm-hmm. So they're essentially fairies. It's just they're either stylized as children or as leaf people. Um, apparently in the Wind Waker, the Koroks are the transformed forms of the Kokiri following the Great Flood. There you go. There you go. You're welcome. That's literally what I just said. Is it? Oh, you weren't even listening. No, I was too busy I, I looking was it up on your phone. Researching you didn't, you didn't trust you. me. You didn't trust they'd get it right. No, I just, I was researching. So, okay, wow. well, that's Korok. What about Zelda? Why is he in every single one? So Zelda's the girl. <laughs> <laughs> um, the thing with Zelda is that, is that everything is in threes because of the Triforce. Tri-force. Oh, Triforce. Triforce. So the Triforce is split into three, which is the Triforce. And so as a whole, it's called the Triforce. And then within it is the Triforce of Wisdom, the Triforce of Courage, the Triforce of Power. And the Power is Ganondorf, Courage is Link, and Wisdom is Zelda. And so every game... You get trapped every single game. So, so every game is, is, uh, is sort of playing and riffing on those three things, essentially. Um... Now you say, why, the three they, why is it always the same one? The three characters are different in each game. So it's not the same character coming back. It's like, it's the spiritual descendant, basically. Um, and that's why it is a legend. So there's always a legend that, oh, there's a young boy who comes back and ends up wearing a green tunic. And it's just, it's a legend. So it's, it's, like, not, so it's not the same been, one recurring. Imagine it's a story just being told by somebody. Yeah. Like, and and... In terms of the Zelda lore, it's also interesting, I think, because a lot of it is retroactive. So the very first game came out in 1987, I believe, and was just a very simple story of of boy explores Hyrule to kill Ganon and save Zelda. Mm -hmm. And then every game since then has been its own individual, unique, distinct game with its own story. 87, correct. You're welcome. Um, it has oh, 86 own... in Japan. Yeah. Well, we go with 87 because then it's the same age as me and I feel special. Fine. Um, so every game is its own distinct thing. But then what they did was they came up with the timeline that essentially links, links, eh? as the pun, uh, links them all together. But to be honest, the timeline is incredibly forced. Um, so that's that. Um, hmm. Is Ganondorf the Demon King? Um, well... By Moni's question, it's very clear that she did not finish Skyward Sword. Who did? 
Um, Skyward Sword is interesting because in terms of that timeline of the Zelda games together, they essentially made that the origin story of, the, of all of them. And so Skyward Sword is the origins of the Master Sword. Uh, and so Fi, or Fee, as I kept calling her, um, is the spirit that gets imbued into the Master Sword and is what gives the Master Sword its power to get rid of the Demon King, who in that game is known as Demise. Mm. Um, and at the end of the game, you, spoiler, defeat Demise. Um, and Demise then returns as the Demon King, i.e. Ganondorf. Mm. And so when... Tears of the Kingdom, the trailer came out, a lot of people were saying, oh, there's a lot of links to Skyward Sword. Uh, partly because you're floating down from the sky into the, you know, into the land. But when you first saw Ganondorf, he looked very similar to Demise. So who knows if there is a link in Tears of the Kingdom between that? Mm -hmm. I haven't got that far. Who knows? Um, but yes, Demise is the same as Ganondorf, who is also the Demon King. Ganondorf is the human version of Ganon, and Ganon is usually shown as a pig. Okay. Well, you know, I feel like in the future... We <laughs> is should... that enough for you for now? Yeah, yeah, That's yeah. That's a little taste. That is. And I think... Off the you... top of my head. In future, maybe we can have a, like, a Zelda-only inbox. So, I mean, if you do have a bunch of... If we do get a bunch of questions about Zelda in the next week or two, we could quite easily do just an inbox where it's answering questions about Zelda. Well, I will, and you yeah. will sit and listen. I will, I yeah. mean, make it specific if I, if, questions, if my voice not goes. just tell us the Zelda lore, because there's far too much to do. So yeah. give us some specific questions. Exactly. All right. Um, so that is it. That is Inbox for this week. Um, thank you very much for joining me, Ed. Where can we find you? You can find me at Ed underscore Knights on Twitch and on Twitter. Excellent. I am Biggest Benus on Twitch, Biggest Benus one on Twitter. Um, and I will see you all very, very soon on Thursday, I believe. Yeah, we've got our normal podcast, Swapping Joysticks. Uh, go to SwappingJoysticks.com. And if you would like to submit a question for us to answer, go to SwappingJoysticks.com slash inbox. If you go to SwappingJoysticks.com slash inbox, you can uh, submit a question and we'll make sure that we answer it because every person that has submitted a question, we have answered because we are low on questions so get them sent <laughs> don't say that no. but also please do send us questions you can keep them anonymous if you want to um it can be something general it could be something specific to the news specific mm. to a game um whatever you like send if us it's something, anything if it is something topical or recent even better yeah. like the zelda stuff is cool but yeah i mean if, if you want to be what's your favorite game fine sure we'll answer that but uh if you've got something yeah that is a bit more like about the, do you agree with the Activision Blizzard and Microsoft merger? That kind of thing. Happy to chat about that too. Okay. Well, next week we'll have that question from Anonymous. Yeah. We all yeah. know who that will be from. Well, only if we don't have uh, enough <laughs> questions. All right. Well, thank you very much for watching. Thank you for joining me and, uh, or joining us. I was going to say joining me, Ed, but we do it together. So you're always joining me. Um, sure. Thank you for being there. Thanks, Ben. Thanks for having me. Anytime. <laughs> Bye. Bye.